The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Bing! Take that to the bank. L.B. Those are the only letters that matter because the Saints are hemorrhaging linebackers. Kevin's going to get his horse down. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbro. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast, sponsored by the Pelican House. 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They have 136 draft beers on tap. And yesterday, if you watched the Saints, Andrew, you needed them all. But that's okay. They have great food, the duck braised nachos. They have a turkey sandwich with pecans on it. Why pecans? Because they're awesome. Why wouldn't you have pecans on a turkey sandwich? And it's, it's pecan, not pecan. Well, that's a little – that's my North Mississippi coming in. But anyway, Dave, it is spectacular. So the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Please support them because they support us, the Pelican House. Does, does someone really say pecans? Yeah, people like in New York say like pecan pie. Pecan? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's terrible. Everybody down south is like a My Cousin Vinny character. I've never heard yeah, pecans the two, before. The That's two awful. The two Utes. Two Utes. Um, the two Hawa. <laughs> how's how's your Chinese food? Oh, <laughs> uh, we were. Oh, uh, Mr. Trotter. <laughs> we're off topic because we don't want to. We don't want to talk about the Saints. Already, we're already off topic. Yeah, we're off topic because the Saints got dump trucked. Um, did you say they were magic beans? <laughs> That's it? You said they were magic beans. That's it? How many fingers am I holding up now, sweetheart? <laughs> well, excuse me if the laws of physics cease to exist on your stove. <laughs> uh, I might have been mistaken. <laughs> oh, Lord. You see what you see what happens when the Saints get totally obliterated 34 to 7 on that? In prime time. In prime time in the biggest game in the history of the team. Um, we get. Let's just do it. Let's just do an hour of my cousin Vinny quotes. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been more enjoyable than last night. I can tell. Yes. You yep. Um, in the third quarter, my wife turned to me and said, "Put on fucking Breaking Bad." <laughs> I mean, that that about sums it up. Um, Kevin, you actually had the. Fun times of having the death flu and watching the Saints at the same time. So how, how was your night? Uh, terrible. Um, I caught it and was dealing with it over the weekend and started to feel better Monday. I didn't go into work. I was like, all right, I'm calling in sick. And I was like, you know what? I, I've got a vacation day already set for Tuesday, so I should be okay. And I went in to the bar and was eating. Fortunately, I didn't have anything to drink. Um, but I just got so agitated, <coughs> excuse me, so agitated and frustrated 
that at halftime I uh, ran to the restroom and uh, threw up. <laughs> so at that point, I was basically I because of had the to flu, dis- not because of the game. The game got me agitated and very <laughs> uh, overly uh, excited, which, I, you know, it was a contributing pre- factor. Yeah, there you go. That's a that's a good way to use that. Uh, so I basically checked myself out, came home, and then proceeded to watch the game. Watch the game via a fucking animated box score on my computer. <laughs> That's the worst. I I've had I had to do that two years ago in the it was storm and rain here when the Saints went to Carolina and I saw when Pierre Thomas scored the winning touchdown in the ESPN box. Wait, you don't even have ESPN, Kevin? No, the Saints didn't beat the Saints didn't beat Carolina last year, Ralph. Two years ago. Okay. Two, in 2011, when Pierre Thomas okay. caught the little screen pass. Okay. Okay. So, nice. um, so Andrew or. I'll start. I'll ask you, Dave. This is a good question for you. When last night did you realize that it was a hopeless, hopeless entity, and you just wanted it to end? Hopeless, hopeless was probably. Um, I mean, I think I think the turning point of the game, like I said in the recap, I think the turning point of the game was uh, when when Drew Brees got hit and fumbled the ball, and they returned it for a score. Um, I think at that point the momentum was just too much, and they already had the ten-point lead, and uh, you know I, I, it was it was not looking good from that point on. Um, but when did I think it was really out of hand? Probably when uh, when the Seahawks got that touchdown uh, right right before the half. You know, I, I mean, I think Saints fans were thinking the Saints were going to get a touchdown. To end the half, you know, Sean Payton called the timeout um, when the Seahawks had the ball, and you know, hoping that uh, the Saint that would give the Saints some time once they once they got the punt, and uh, and of course they wound up giving it back to the Seahawks with plenty of time left, and of course the Seahawks marched down the field and, and, scored, and see, scored, I th- uh, I knew it was over when. Russell Wilson hit the back shoulder throw when it was third and 13 when the Saints were trying uh, to get the ball back. Gross. And uh, I knew it was over then. But, you know, it's just, Andrew, what of all of it? I think I'm going to pull a Kevin right now and go throw up in the bathroom. <laughs> what was the most, when you as you were watching, what was the most surprising thing of all the carnage that you saw that you were like, I can't believe that is happening? I mean, it was just a mirror. It was a perfect storm of whatever could go wrong did go wrong. And I mean, it was just one thing after another. But I think in terms of what was most surprising or disappointing for me, um, you know, I, I mean, everyone in the building, every every Saints fan knew that stopping Seattle and, and getting in this game started with stopping Marshawn Lynch. And they did that. It was weird. They They completely shut him down. Um, anytime he got the ball, I've never seen this defense hit this hard, be so physical. Um, I mean, they were just really mauling him. And the, the hit that Kenny Vicaro put on him, my God, I mean, just lit him up. And despite the fact that they were so effective at doing that and getting themselves in positions that they've gotten themselves all season long, third and long, um, where they get the opportunity to rush the passer, which is what they do best, 
and they get the opportunity to cover receivers, which is what they've done very well. Um, despite the fact that they continually put themselves in a position to get off the field um, by doing what they do best, thanks to stopping Marshawn Lynch, which maybe we didn't expect, um, they weren't able to do what they do well, which was rush the passer, which was cover. Um, so I think that was the biggest shock for me was that they actually... There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. They lived up to the game plan and shut down Marshawn Lynch, and despite that, um, they still couldn't get off the field. I mean, Russell Wilson just completely destroyed them. How... Dave, how, in your opinion, how much was it Russell Wilson just crushing them? And how much of it is uh, a combination of sucky play, missing Jabari Greer, just not the Saints night? How much – so how much How much Russell Wilson, how much of the Saints suckness? <laughs> uh, you know, I'd say it's uh, – you know, there's a, plenty of blame to go around. I'd say it's about half and half. I mean uh, – I mean, Russell Wilson was awesome. Yeah, he, he played yeah. a great game. Obviously, he was definitely on fire. He definitely brought it. Um, but then again, uh, I think that uh, there was definitely poor play by the cornerbacks that made him look awesome. I mean, the thing to me about about the defense was just that, and, and I mean, I guess that this was the game plan all along, but uh, I, I just... I was just so surprised by how wide open the Seahawks receivers um, were getting. I mean, the touchdown at the side of the end zone, nobody was near him. Uh, the long pass to their tight end, uh, nobody was Yeah, that was a break, complete breakdown. Covered, I, yeah. I mean, it was just, there were a lot of breakdowns in the secondary, and all year long, I mean, you know, this season, we have been able to hang our hat on, on the defense. The defense has won this team some games when the offense couldn't get it done. And it just really felt, you know, a lot like last year, 2012, 
where, I mean, it was, I just feel like the defense was just helpless. They couldn't get out of their own way. They couldn't get off the field. They couldn't make the stops when they needed to make the stops. And what surprised me the most was, was just all the blown coverage, how, how wide open that these guys got. Um, that was absolutely shocking to me. And, and it makes all you, of that it makes you wonder if the, it makes you wonder if the Lynch thing, I mean, if the, there's so much emphasis during the week in the preparation was put on stopping Marshawn Lynch and so much of the personnel and the, the scheme and, and the way the cornerbacks and the safeties were playing closer to the line of scrimmage or whatever. I mean, makes me wonder if they kind of left the door open for Junior Gillette being a disaster against the read option. Yeah. I mean, it makes you wonder if um, they kind of set themselves up to get gashed in the passing game. I mean, I definitely think, uh, you know, they definitely focused on Marshawn Lynch, and they did a great job. And, I mean, you know, before this game, I think we all said that that's what they were going to do and that's what they should do, and, and I have no problem with that with that game plan. Um, but it just seemed like the Seahawks had an answer to everything that Rob Ryan brought at them. I mean, if Rob Ryan brought the house and brought the blitz, they were the, the Seahawks were prepared, and with a with a quick wide receiver bubble screen or something quick. Um, I mean, every every everything that 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 Rob Ryan brought, the Seahawks knew what was going to happen. It it seemed like and uh, and 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 picked the exact play, uh, the perfect play to beat, to beat whatever the Saints yeah, were bringing. I mean, it was yeah. almost it was almost like they were wiretapped. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> Kevin, it it seemed to me for the first time all year, and look, we love Rob Ryan; he's been great. But it seemed for me the first time all year, he about midway through the second corner, it felt to me like he was a little bit panicked, and he went. Full Greg Williams a couple times. Did it did it seem that way to you? Like the Saints were were really sort of in this sort of sort of grasping at straws on defense, sort of desperately swinging and to try to make something happen. And I haven't seen that all year long. Well, what would you expect? <laughs> I mean, I mean, because let's face it, by, by the second quarter, the Saints were in the. I mean. The route was essentially on. I mean, okay, ten points, then boom. Next thing you know, it's another touchdown. Oh, we, oh, we might hold into a field goal. Nope, they're scoring a touchdown. Um, so why wouldn't you want the defensive coordinator to say, "Well, screw it, I got to try something else because I, I got to try something crazy because what we're doing isn't isn't uh, slowing him down or isn't working." I mean, shit, I'm surprised he didn't tell Vaccaro to just run in and just spear the. <laughs> Every living hell out of Russell Wilson. It's like take the 15 yard penalty, but let's just you know knock this guy flat on his back and make him think twice or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, and Andrew, the thing that's really kind of the one thing that's concerning about the defense, not sort of just related to yesterday, but if you look at the one thing that they've really started to struggle in the last five weeks. They have only created two turnovers in the last five weeks. 
How big of a concern is that? And what do you see? I mean, what do you see as the main reason the turnovers have started sort of slowed to a trickle? Well, I mean, the Corey White play was could have been an easy turnover. So I think turnovers, sometimes you get lucky, sometimes they come in bunches. Um, I, I attribute, you know, at least partially uh, the lack of turnovers to, I mean, Matt Ryan is, is a quarterback that takes care of the football, and Russell Wilson certainly is too. Um, and uh, I'm blanking on who they played the week before that. Oh, oh uh, Kaepernick. Um, so, you know, I, I think that that's part of it is just who they've been playing um, and the games they've kind of gotten into. Um, I mean, Atlanta was running the ball a lot. I mean, the 49ers and Seattle are both run heavy teams, so they're not going to turn the ball over as much. Um, but uh, I think the defense, I mean, this is the first time they've played terrible. Um, you know, the, the turnovers are going to come and go. The one constant that I feel like the Saints have been able to rely on um, is how well the defense has played um, up to that point. So, um but look, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's important for us to take a step back. I mean, the team's nine and three, and uh, maybe it's 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 time for us to rethink um, what our expectations are for the Saints. I mean, Super Bowl think, or bust, yeah. God damn it! Don't you read Twitter, Andrew? Yeah, well, Super- well, that's the thing. That's the thing. I think a lot of us felt that way before the Seattle game. I think afterwards. It became very clear that the Saints are not the best team in the NFC, and especially now that almost assuredly the NFC playoffs go through Seattle, um, the degree of difficulty is much, much higher. Um, so from that standpoint, I mean, I think the arrogance, the, 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 this was a shot in the gut, and the arrogance of um, where the team to beat and all that stuff is gone. Um, but uh, with that being said, um, the Saints still have everything to play for. Um, they still can get the two seed. They still control their destiny. They still control their destiny for the two seed, even with a loss in the Superdome on Sunday. If they win out after losing to Carolina, if they win the last three, they secure the two seed. So um, they they control their own destiny, even with a loss Sunday, to get the second seed. And, um, you know, I, I think look, the playoffs still have to play out. I mean, look, look at the run that Baltimore made. I mean, look at the run the Giants made with Eli sneaking into the playoffs and, and getting three road wins. So And they um, got dump trucked by the Saints on a Monday night. They did. And look, we don't know we don't know who Seattle's gonna play in the playoffs. They still and, have to and win remember that Gi- and remember that Giants team that got dump trucked by the Saints went on the road into Green Bay. Fifteen and one Green Bay. And won there. When, yeah. when when all the Saints fans were saying, Jesus Christ, if the Saints have to go to Green Bay in, in that NFC Championship game, fuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I think right now the focus needs to be back on – let's be realistic. This, first of all, the Saints are not the favorite to get to the Super Bowl from the NFC. I, I think based on what nor happened last night, be. nor should they be. That That's clear, but – you still have to play the game. So right now the Saints are in a position to still put themselves very favorably into the playoffs with a two seed, a bye, and a home game. Um, so that needs to be the objective. And then once you get in, you play the games and you see how it unfolds. But um, but hopefully the Saints at some point will get a chance to go back into Seattle, um, and hopefully they'll be more battle-tested and they'll be ready for it. And I don't know if the, the result will be different, but I would hope that the the style points, um, or at least the way the way in which the game is 
um, will be more competitive. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that really concerned me more than anything last night was the way Seattle completely clamped down on the Saints receivers. I, Dave, I have not seen that in the Sean Payton era. I mean, they've had games where they've struggled to score, but it's mostly been because of turnovers or sacks or whatever. I mean, Seattle was covering their receivers, and they just weren't open. And I don't know how you – they were missing two of their top three corners – and they're going to get those guys back. I don't know how you scheme or fix that in a rematch where if your receivers can't get open, they just can't get open. Well, I mean, there's there's film now, but I mean, you're you're right. I mean, you, you, we've got to give credit to Seattle. Their their defense is incredible. They have a, a great defense. They did an incredible job against the Saints last night, even even better than than I thought. And I think we all knew that that it was going to be tough heading into the game. I mean, they are really talented. They hit hard. They cover well. They're in position. Um, and and like Andrew said, uh, I think we all have to take our hats off and just understand Seattle from top to bottom is a much better team than the Saints. That doesn't mean the Saints aren't good, and that doesn't mean that anything can happen on any given Sunday. But, um you know, the Saints are going to still move on. The Saints uh, hopefully will get that number two seed. And, um, you know, if they have to play Seattle again, so be it. But, I mean, anything's possible in the playoffs. And, uh, and you know, some crazy thing could happen and knock, and the Seahawks could get knocked out, uh, you know, in the divisional round or something like that. And all of a sudden, hey, the NFC Championship game is uh, in the Superdome. But, um Sure. Right. Right now, well, we got to beat Carolina uh, first. Yeah. And, and yeah. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. Thing, and I'm. And I don't. And I. I think that. Uh, you know, I think it's good that we played Seattle before we're we're playing these two Carolina games. You know, before this game, before last night, Monday night, um, I was thinking how crazy it was that they scheduled both of these Carolina games. You know, both within three weeks of each other and both at the end of the season, I was talking with my mother and, and she was like, you know, it would have been nice if we could have played Carolina early in the season when they weren't as good and they didn't have their shit together. Uh, yeah. Like Atlanta <laughs> two out of three weeks would have been sweet. Right. 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 Or, or Tampa Bay. Yeah. But no, it's gotta be Carolina. It's gotta be when they're, when they've won eight straight. But, um, you know, and, and it's funny because, I mean, Carolina's definitely a good team, and Cam Newton's playing great, and the whole team's playing great, and their defense is playing great, but I really don't think they're as good as Seattle. Seattle is, is on another level to me. Well, just so you know, I Carolina is ranked number one defensively. Well, yeah, I know they are. They I are know, really they are. good they on the a... front seven, Andrew, but I would argue that their back seven, their best player that Carolina yeah, has – is as good seven? as anything Seattle has. You mean they're back four? They have a front yeah. seven. Back, back seven. They're, they're playing 14 guys. <laughs> That's why they're so um, good. <laughs> 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 um, no, but I, 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 and I, and that's, and you're right, but well, but Andrew, what is the, what's Carolina's DVOA? Because you cannot just go by total, who, who goes by total yardage allowed for defensive statistics? Who, who the hell uses that? numerical measurement it's all about the dvoa um but uh 
<laughs> Put as, that as, on a T-shirt and sell it. Maybe are we going to talk? I, 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 we have to talk about that after this. But um, as as good as Carolina may be on paper, they, they for just for some reason they don't scare me as much as Seattle. Um, especially not in, even in their own home uh, in Carolina, and especially not in the Superdome on a primetime game. Um, so I'm fairly confident about this game against Carolina. And the Saints know Carolina a lot better than they know Seattle. Of course, that works. There's two sides to that, that coin, and that, that works both ways. And Carolina could say the same thing. But um, I'm fairly confident about, about the game on Sunday night. And um, and, and I think I think Seattle is going to think, – I think that the game last night in Seattle, I think that's the, the hardest game and the hardest team the Saints are going to play all year unless they play them again. Yeah, I mean – Kevin, talking about Carolina, we'll get into specifics in a second, but why is Cam Newton so easy to just hate? Uh, I'm going to say That's it's the stupid, the stupid Superman uh, t-shirt thing that he does all the time. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I, I don't know. He, I mean... I mean, Andrew... You know, yeah, I mean, he, he has a winning smile. He's a dapper dresser. Uh... But I don't know when when he when he gives it when he the, the few sound bites I ever hear or what little uh, I see just the guy comes off uh, like you want to hit him with something. His bo- Andrew, his body language on the sideline is very very dram- dramatic and sort of over the top. I think that's one of the reasons why I just I can't stand him. And maybe in the back of my mind, I feel like. Not that he's a fraud, but that Carolina, it's sort of been easy for them. And if the Saints can just hit him in the mouth on Sunday, Cam Newton will start to pout. He'll have the towel over his head. And, you know, Chris Collinsworth will be saying maybe he's not as grown up as we thought. He's still got to mature, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, what do you see? You you rate all the rookies every every week. So you're watching a lot more of the team film than the rest of us. What do you see in Carolina? Well, I mean, Carolina's winning. I mean, it's funny because Cam Newton's getting all the glory. Um, he has made some plays, um, especially in a couple games where he made. I remember. I mean, you, you saw the Dolphins game, I'm sure, but yes. Um, you know, he he put together a nice drive there, and obviously, uh, we all saw the um, the flop on the sidelines, which which got got them a 15 yard penalty, which was absurd. Um, but you know, he, he's made a couple plays in critical situations late in game. So I would say he's played better late in games than he normally does. Um, but overall, I don't really think he's been that much better than years past. I mean, maybe statistically he looks a little better. Um, but really, really, truly, um, they're winning their games with their defense. I mean, yeah, they're, they're kind shutting of... people down. They're they're keeping people out of the end zone. People are just not scoring on Carolina. And uh, that that's how they're winning these games. And so their success starts and ends with a dominant defense. And so um, it, it's really Cam Newton's getting a lot of credit and a lot of glory, but um, he, he, he's, he, I, I will say that he's improved, but I actually agree with you, um, Ralph. I mean, I think there's a lot of arrogance coming out of Carolina right now. And um, all it would take would be, f- I still think Cam Newton's a character issue and I, I still think he's flawed. Um, and I still think that his teammates are putting up with him because the team's winning and they're having fun. Um, but uh, 
you know, if they hit a rough patch, I, I could see his teammates turning on him again because he's he's not a good teammate and he, he is kind of a uh, arrogant prick and he, you know, he kind of, uh, he's dramatic and he, um, you know, I, I don't know that he's always focused on the task at hand. And so, um, anyway, I, I think they could, if, if the Saints can, can blow them out or, or win this game and it's a rude awakening for, for Cam Newton, it, you know, it could, it could, uh, could be a similar situation to what happened to the Saints in Seattle. Um, but, uh, but no, I, again, I, I think he, he's playing well, he's made some plays, but it really, that team, it's all about their defense. Yeah, I mean, uh, by by the way, to to hold on to correct Andrew, uh, the Panthers don't have the best defense in the league. Seattle does have the best defense in the league. <laughs> as um, of as of now, Monday, right? As of as of right now, uh, okay. Seattle. And Carolina allows going into yesterday, Carolina was number one. Wow! Uh, thanks to the Saints. Thanks to the yep. Saints, Seattle now has the best defense. Well, Seattle allows two hundred four point five yards per game. Carolina. Uh, Averages 280. What about, hey, Dave, can you look up points per game? Can you look up points per game? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Points per game, Seattle is second in the league, and Carolina is the first. Seattle allows uh, 15.5 points per game, but Carolina allows a paltry 13.1 points per game and uh if we do have any seahawks fans listening uh and they want to know the dvoa and if you don't want to go by just one or two silly meaningless stats uh well, are you, are you you're Seattle, talking to the 12th man right please, yeah, please refer to them all, as the 12th man the loudest 12th man right, yeah oh, jesus well i'm talking to the 12th men uh but, Are uh, they going to fight and feud back and forth with Kansas City for all of eternity now? To have please, please fight and feud over that. Uh, oh yeah, but anyway, um, Seattle again with the DVOA. Their their defensive uh, DVO, DVOA is uh, is better than Carolina's. So all across the board there, Seattle. Well, I mean, points per game is a big one, and like Andrews, like Andrew said, and. Uh, and and Carolina does give up the fewest points per game with 13.1, which is that's that's pretty incredible. All right, uh, on on this I gotta go, but okay. I'm, uh, because I gotta I gotta go to bed and try and recover for uh, work. Yeah. But 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 real quick, all the stat talk and DV DVOA, I would rather I would rather have a, a goddamn discussion about DPDA. <laughs> And to the four or five people that actually get that joke, you're welcome, and good luck with that mental image. Thanks, Kevin. You always end on a high note. You always yeah. end on a high note. Somebody wash your hands in my honor at the end of this. You got uh, it, buddy. Feel uh, better. Um, before we get to the Carolina game predictions, uh, Twitter questions, Dave. I have some really insane ones. I hope you have a few as well. Uh, Andrew, I'll fire this one. This is from Jason LeBlanc. Was it the hippie granola food in Seattle that affected the squad? Uh, quite, quite possibly. Um, you know, uh, well, I've never actually, I've never been to Seattle before. I love their music. Huge fan of the grunge era. So, uh, big fan of that. But, uh, beyond that, you know, and, uh, sleepless in Seattle and, uh, Starbucks, um, (laughs) 
couldn't really tell you too much about their dietary uh, routine. Um, so, but uh, if anyone was going to dabble into uh, kind of an earthy Seattle food experience, culinary experience, I would guess that Jedediah Collins would be the one. And there, ergo, it doesn't surprise me that he kind of had a shit game. <laughs> oh, did, did oh he was my offensive MVP for his his 12 yard third down run. That was uh, that was huge. Yeah. You just they, Andrew, you just <laughs> forgot to do an offensive MVP. It was like, oh fuck, it's Darren Sproles, right? That's when you when you graded today. Yeah, I was like, uh, I, I guess I'll give it to Darren Sproles. Do you have dark, can't you just dark. put like no one in all caps, or is that I not was? A, I mean, I, I thought about giving it to Breeze because I felt like he he actually kind of sort of played okay i mean it wasn't his fault to me yeah i mean if it wasn't for the fumble i would have said you can't really blame breeze for much um I, but i mean you get, certainly there's no receiver and there's no one on the line that that even played remotely respectable yeah i felt like breeze the one thing that was surprising another thing that was surprising in the game is when they were down he didn't really do the the whole drew breeze force the ball all over the place which i mean I was impressed by that actually. Yeah, that I mean, he didn't go on like a turnover binge and yeah, try to bring him back with one play. I mean, if you would have told if you would have told me at the half when it was 27-27, if you just said the wheels are going to completely come off and it's going to be forty-five to seven, I'd have been like, mm, that's pro- it's possible, you know, because because Drew, I mean, it could have been Pickapalooza in the second half, but it wasn't. Um, Dave, this is a good question for you from Ryan Berger. Um, does Nick Toon deserve another chance mm, to play the receivers? <laughs> Wait, what was the question I was thinking about burgers? The answer is no. Does Nick Toon deserve <laughs> another chance? No. Uh, Ralph, Andrew, everybody deserves a second or a third chance. Look at Mark Ingram. Look how he's blossomed. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Why not? No, nobody else is really doing anything amazing. Lance Moore is being, has had a fairly pedestrian season. Uh, Kenny Stills has sort of come back down to earth a little bit, too. I'm not really sure whether that's their fault or um, if you whether that's a byproduct. Of... Pedestrian, I mean, that's a huge compliment. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's it. this receiving core, and Andrew, is, I mean, I don't know necessarily that they would draft a receiver high because they're going to they they could potentially need three new offensive linemen um so seeing them draft a receiver in the first round i don't think that would happen but could you see them doing something that the saints haven't done in a really long time and going out and getting a veteran receiver in free agency not a big ticket guy but like a you know a a guy in the in the in the sort of mid-range price because their their receivers are are getting kind of i mean especially lance moore and, and colston they're getting long in the tooth yeah and uh, the receiver's been a huge disappointment um this season and uh they are getting older um so yeah i do think i think the saints just need to get younger and more talented at the position i mean colston I don't think it's time for him to retire by any means. I mean, I still think he can be good, and I think he's banged up this year. So maybe, uh, maybe an entire off season in the hyperbaric chamber um, gets him feeling better. But um, you know, Lance Moore is is a big enigma to me. I, I don't understand what's happened to him. I mean, I know he was banged up for a while this year, and then he came back. But I I just don't understand 
um, why it feels like Breeze has just lost complete confidence in him. I mean, he's not even looking his way. Uh, Meacham, Meacham is not the same player. I mean, he's just not the same guy. So, um, and I, I don't think Nick Toon you can really add to the mix because Nick Toon to me is a younger version of Colston. I, I, I don't really see him coming in um, and doing the things that um, he can't replace Kenny Stills or Meacham and, and give you like that that vertical threat. So, um, yeah, I, I don't really see him coming in and really giving him much. If something were to happen to Colston or Colston got injured, then maybe Toon makes more sense. But, um, but yeah, I mean, look for this season, they've got the guys that they've got, and for the time being. Um, Lance Moore has got to got to come up with something. I mean, this I mean this is this is the guy they've paid. This is the guy that's um, delivered for them in the past, and he's got to step up. He's got to do something. Um, but beyond that, I mean, there's no question in the off season that that's a huge need for improvement and upgrade. Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, that was the thing to me that was just like I said, it's just stunning in the game. I mean, Seattle. Their secondary covered it, but it. I don't think necessarily it's a huge red flag, Dave, because it's not like it's not like we've seen this week after week after week. I mean, they've they struggled some on the road, you know, against the Jets, and they were a disaster yesterday. Yeah, they struggled. What's that? I said, yeah, they struggled against the Jets. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, but it was that game. At least it was it was winnable at the end, you know. Um, I mean, the, the top three receivers this season have been Graham Sproles and Pierre Thomas. So, I mean, that, I mean, that's that's a problem. <laughs> None of those are receivers, right? And Sproles <laughs> ain't exactly young either. No, you know. Um, Dave, do you have any questions before I fire out my last few? Uh, yeah, I have just a couple. I don't know where everybody is tonight, I know. Uh, and. And they're all like really serious. I think everybody is sort of down. Got that Seattle hangover. Nothing <clears throat> um, from Miss Hullabaloo about Tulane going to the New Orleans Bowl. No, I'll be happy to talk about that. We're <laughs> awesome. We're going to the New Orleans Bowl. Woohoo! Uh, <clears throat> that's right. Um, and actually, one of them, I think we sort of already answered. Ly- at, at Lyles Alex, he wants to know what position needs to be addressed more. Uh, or with more urgency, offensive tackle or wide receiver. Um, so we already discussed the wide receiver thing. Well, so, well, offensive- personally, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't know if I see the Saints going to get it and getting a mid-range free agent wide receiver. I, I just only because I feel like that's not Peyton's mo. I, I feel like Peyton likes to get them young, and he likes to mold them himself. And um, yeah, and uh, you know, and and learn his system from the beginning. I feel like he prefers Hayden to go that route. Than... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to think, and I, I'm, I mean, David I don't have Patton's the best memory. The only one I can think of. Yeah, Patton. right. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Is I can't think of a guy that they are a, a, a reasonable free agent wide receiver that they've gone and picked up in free agency. Um, no, I, mean, I really, I really can't think of anybody yeah. worthwhile. So, I mean, I just, I don't think, you know, if, if there is a problem there, I'm not sure that there is a huge problem, but um, if there is, I'm not, I'm not sure whether free agency is the way that the yeah, Saints and, and, and Peyton. They're going to you know, have to do something on yeah. offensive line, probably whether they like it or not, because Charles Brown is a free agent. Well, and I think Streif is too, right, Andrew? 
I think that's right. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I I don't think the Saints I don't think the Saints are re-signing Charles Brown unless he accepts you know a, a small figure. Um, but I don't know. I, I joked earlier in the season that the Saints should pick a tackle in the first round, a guard in the second round, a center in the third round, and then a guard in the fourth round, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I mean, I, I definitely think offensive line is a huge need yeah. for improvement. Yeah, I mean the thing is you yeah. can't go you can't go like two and three rookies at your offensive line, but I think they're going to I think they're definitely going to have probably at least two at least two new people, maybe a high draft pick and a, another veteran guy, but um this is a good question. Uh Andrew, I'll let you I'll let you take this one. If you could punch one of the following to le, to release the rage, who would it be? Sherman, Pete Carroll or all ESPN reporters? I have to pick one of the three. Yes. And who's asking this? This, this, this feels like a Fitz, F. Chop Fitzgerald. No, it's Alex Lyles. Eric, oh, okay. If I could only punch one of the three. Um, well, I mean, before the game, it's it absolutely. Before the, it's weird. Before the game, I absolutely would have said Pete Carroll. I've always hated that guy. Um, <laughs> I, I've always felt like the, the whole like I'm so happy go lucky like is kind of disingenuous. But, um, you know, his post-game speech was fairly humble. Um, it wasn't um, disrespectful towards the Saints. So, um, you know, the, the cheap shot that Sherman had on Kenny Stills and, in general, just the constant barking um, just reminded me a lot of Asante Samuel and why I hate him so much. And, um, I mean, he just felt like that type of thing. So he, he really pissed me off. Um and look, the media is drooling all over this the Seahawks now, but it, it's kind of at this point I'm kind of de- depressed enough to admit they're right. You know that the narrative that the Saints can't play outside and that they can't play in 30 degree weather. I mean, certainly that that game played up to the narrative that ESPN's been pumping on us for for weeks. So. I did like that Drew Brees threw out the stat and 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 fought the good fight and didn't give in. Yeah. When they questioned him, I I did like that. Yeah, um, but I, I I do think it's true to an extent. Um, but my pick's Sherman because I just think he's he reminds me. I mean, if you ask me as a as a Saints fan in my life, who is my least favorite player, um, it would definitely be Deion Sanders for his high stepping in the in the, the end zone and his dancing on the fleur de lis and and just his his general showboating. What? Um, and Steve Smith is up there well, too, and, and Sherman was behavior was in keeping with guys like that. Well, Seattle did they do chirp a lot, but I'm glad you brought Steve Smith up because that's a good segue to wrap up the podcast and preview Carolina. Dave, if there's a person, if there's a guy in the top five, like hate him because he's annoying or, or an asshole and talks a lot and seems to always kick the Saints ass Steve Smith he's got to be in the top 10 for sure he might be in the top five. Oh, he's in the top five because longevity yeah, is a factor too go ahead yeah, Dave. yeah he's been he's, he's old he's like how old is he like 45 or something he's old <laughs> he likes to punch teammates babies anybody oh yeah I remember that I remember that mm. Uh, yeah, Steve Smith has been a thorn in the side for the Saints uh, for uh, for many many years. I'm I'm trying to look up his stats against the Saints last year because I feel like last year he wasn't 
uh, he wasn't that great. Yeah, last year when he played the Saints, uh, the last game of the season, he only had 27 yards. And uh, I don't think they threw. They just handed off the whole game, I think. Yeah, yeah he that's, that's because D'Angelo Williams had like 600 yards rushing in that game. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. Sorry. I'm looking at. Hold on. I'm looking at rushing. That's crazy. Uh, here we go. He had. No, he had 73 yards against the Saints in the last game of the season. Uh, and three he catches. He, he seems like he always has scores against us, though. He did yeah. not have a touchdown in that game. Uh, and then he had 104 yards in the first game uh, against the Saints, but no touchdown. So he didn't have any touchdowns against the Saints last year. But um, uh, yeah, Ralph, it's a good point. I mean, he, he just he's constantly talking trash, constantly running his mouth, um, and unfortunately, he's um, he, he he unfortunately he backs that up sometimes with his play against the Saints. So. Uh, he's up there. He, he's he's definitely up there in, in guys that uh, as one of the guys that Saints fans uh, love to hate. Yeah. So let's let's get to it, guys. I'll start with you, Andrew. Before you give me a score and a BFF for Monday, what what sort of your keys to this game? Because I feel like Carolina, they might not be as good as Seattle on offense, but they are a team that's balanced to where the Saints can't just say, okay, we're going to stop this and you won't be able to do anything else. I thought that was a, that was one of the things that really helped them against San Francisco because Colin Kaepernick can't, can't throw and beat you. So I think like Carolina can, I mean, they have Steve Smith, they have Olsen, you know, Ted Ginn is liable to catch an 80 yard touchdown as he is to drop an 80 yard touchdown. But what, what are your sort of keys to this game? Well, I- it's funny you mentioned Ted Ginn because actually I really feel like he's transformed this offense a little bit. He's given them that vertical explosive threat um, that's made you that makes you have to respect them. Um, and uh, if you look at the Seattle game, the Saints and he did a drives great job. my wife into a rage because the Dolphins picked them top ten. Right, right. Um, you know, I think if you look at the Seattle game. The Saints did a good job stopping the run, but then you look at the pass plays they gave up. They gave up huge chunks of yardage on pass plays. I mean, they had a 62-yarder, a 52-yarder, a 37-yarder. So, I mean, they gave up some big chunks of yards on on single receptions. Um, and that that's Ted, Ted Ginn is absolutely a guy that can do that to you. And if the Saints key on the run and try to focus on stopping Mike Tolbert and and Jonathan Stewart and, and D'Angelo Williams. I mean, they've got a stable of backs that are solid. Um, that's that's what, how Cam Newton has been hurting people is kind of with that over the top. Um, so I think the safeties need to respect him. That's a key to the game. Um, I think they just need to do a good job again of stopping the run. But I, I think the defense will play better. Um, hopefully the team's it healthy can't be any worse. a short week. Yeah. I mean, hopefully the team, you know, on a short week it can come to this game seemingly healthy. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if I had to pick a BFF, look, I mean, I, I'm going to, I mean, this may be obvious because he's one of the stars of the team. Um, but I really think at this point um, it's clear to me that this team is going to live and die by Jimmy Graham because um, he's the superstar. He, he's the guy on this offense um, that yeah. teams have trouble stopping and if this and if the Saints are going to get far in the playoffs, and if they're going to score touchdowns on defenses like Carolina, like Seattle, um, it, it's going to have to be Graham making the plays because I don't think 
the Saints have enough firepower elsewhere um, to really hurt teams. Um, so Graham is their is their most dangerous weapon, and uh, I think um, my I'm going to say my BFF in this game is Graham. Um, that he he's he's going to step up and, and rebound from, from poor performance. Well, and let me say, I love Jimmy Graham, but his drops cost me a fantasy football playoff spot because I ended up tied with someone at six. And, I ended up tied. I ended up tied with someone at six and seven. I beat him twice during the season, but he scored four more points than me. Ouch. And if Jimmy Graham just would have had like one more nice catch, I, yeah, he definitely had some drops. He would have um, got it. But I still love yeah. Jimmy. Uh, Dave? But I, I think the Saints are going to win, though. So my, my pick, uh, I'm going to say Saints 23, Carolina 17. Well, that's a close one, Dave. Uh, your pick and BFF and key to the game. <clears throat> I'm going with the Saints. I think um... – they better fucking win this game. <laughs> yeah, I, and I think they will. I, I think they're going to be angry. I think they're going to be PO'd. I think they, they, their pride took a little bit of a hit in front of the whole country uh, last night on Monday night. And they've got another primetime Sunday night game here. And I, I think they're going to want to right the ship. And they're going to want to show everybody that that was not the real Saints. And... Um, and, and and don't count them out just yet. Um, <clears throat> so I definitely think they're going to win. I don't think it's going to be as close as Andrew says. I, I think uh, – I don't know if it's going to be the, a blowout like we saw the Seahawks put on the Saints, but I think it's going to be a a convincing win. And I'm going to go with um, – I'm going to go with 27 to 17. Um and uh, my BFF, um, honestly, I think because because the loss to Seattle last night was such a total team meltdown, um, I'm going to say the whole team, as bad as the whole team played last night against Seattle, I think uh, the whole team's going to play great against Carolina on Sunday. But if I had to pick one person, I'm going to pick Sproles. He's been very quiet lately. Damn it, you picked yeah, my you were gonna guy. <laughs> He's been very quiet lately. Um, so uh, I, I think it's about time. You know, He doesn't usually stay too quiet for too long unless there's something wrong with him. Um, so I'm going to go with Sproles. And, I mean, on def- you know, the key to the game, I think, is, is just is controlling Cam Jordan. I mean, his passing game isn't anything spectacular. Cam Newton. I'm sorry, Cam, Cam Jordan, Jesus. Uh, well, look, Cam Jordan could use a good game. He was he was neutralized uh, last night. I mean, he, he was a non-factor last night, I, I thought. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, Cam, Cam Newton, his running scares me more than his passing. Yeah, I was watching the game this past weekend, and, and uh, one of the announcers said something that I completely agreed with. I mean, he's he's good for like one or two overthrows a game. You know, he'll he'll have like a guy wide open and he'll just completely overthrow the guy. Um, he he does it every game. And and the and the broadcaster and I don't remember who it was. He was talking about the mechanics and his body rotation and that kind of stuff. Well, I don't know any of that kind of shit. I just know that uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just know that um, he's not the most accurate passer 100% of the time. Um, I mean, I think what the Saints are going to need to do is just uh, 
you know, keep an eye out for the read option. Keep a spy on him. Just don't let him go crazy. If a play breaks down, don't let him, you know, you've got to contain him. Don't let him break, break contain and, you know, run off for a 20-yard gain on third and 19. Um, those are the plays that just that just kill. And those are the plays that the Seahawks were converting last night. They were not necessarily with Russell Wilson running the ball, but, I mean, how many times did we see the Saints defense do their job and, and get Seattle to a, a third and long situation and then just give up that third and long? I mean, that, yeah. that, that's just that's killer. It's, it's a killer in the game. It's killer for your mentality and your momentum and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you just can't let that happen. So, you know, that's what they're going to need to do and, and against Cam Newton. Um yeah. You, you can you can let Cam Newton pass, uh, and that's not a problem. But um, the, the option stuff and the running stuff, um, that that's the stuff that they're going to have to continue. Well, I think I think they'll. I mean, based on how Junior Gallette played the read option last night, I bet Carolina is going to give him a heavy dose of that early. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like, and I said it at the beginning of this podcast. You know, I feel like Carolina, they're they're. I'm not going to deny that they're good and they're probably either, you know, depending on how you want to rank them, either number two or three bet number best team in the NFC. But Andrew, I feel like they have a bit of a glass jaw and that this winning streak has kind of been, it's kind of been easy for them. They haven't been in a tough spot and they went on the road against Arizona and I know Arizona is pretty good, but Arizona dump trucked them. And the reason is because Arizona jumped out ahead of them. And they get a little panicky, and I just feel like I just feel like the Saints are gonna do what they always do in prime time. They're gonna jump out, they're gonna get ahead, and it's gonna be a wave, and it's gonna be a party. And I'm gonna say it's gonna be thirty. I'm gonna say it's gonna be thirty-eight to seventeen, and um, people still won't believe in the Saints because they'll just be like, well, they got dump trucked in Seattle. They still can't beat Seattle. And since Dave, since you stole my BFF, uh. I wanted to go sprawl so bad. You can still you can still pick Jonah Hill. I can still pick Jonah Hill. He, Jonah Hill. He's so fun. He's so fun on Twitter. Um, I'm gonna go. I really want to go Jimmy Graham, but that's cliche. And I breeze is too. I, I, I I'm gonna go. Picked, I already picked Graham. I'm gonna go Lance Moore. Oh, there you go. He's just he he's he he's. He's he's due to have a nice game. Speaking of Lance Moore, Kevin, who's no longer with us, great call on Lance Moore being the BFF this past week. Good. We never played again. Nobody ever. Nobody. Nobody ever emails me saying, "I demand that you play the tape of my horrible prediction." <laughs> but yeah, can you roll the tape right now of Kevin saying? No, I can't. <laughs> so uh, on that. Oh, and we still. Th- this is the final week of donate a dollar. And Kevin, when he gets well, will insult a family member who is not a Saints fan or a wife or a husband or whoever you want as long as they agree to it. Uh, all you have to do is go to uh, – No, they don't have to agree. No, we, we this, this phone call needs to be a surprise. Yeah, we just need their number. Uh, yeah. Just go to chronicpodcast.podbean.com. Donate a dollar and you're entered. Um, a freaking dollar. A dollar. Just scrounge around underneath your car seat. Make exactly. sure you got quarters under there. Exactly. Um, so on that note, go and read Andrew's grades where he just ripped people apart. And if you didn't read it, it was from last week. It's maybe my most favorite Andrew piece of the year where he just 
eviscerates <laughs> Murph. Murph from Bleacher Report and his article saying Kenny Vaccaro is being misused by Rob Ryan. I love how Andrew just, just deconstructs it. And it was fantastic. Andrew was in a rage. It was it was great. I loved it. I retweeted it. Um, but if you can't, go to Saints Nation and find that and read that and Andrew's grades. And go to Canal Street Chronicles. Dave, you do, a, you, do, you do all kinds of fun stuff now. What do you have for us this week besides predictions and that sort of thing? Yeah, well, we've got um, – We've got a short week, so uh, yeah. we'll turn it around. We've got a we'll short our, week. We'll, we'll have our prediction answers up tomorrow. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about maybe lining up somebody to to offer like uh, a prize to our weekly winners. Oh. Uh, somebody emailed me today with. I really want a prize. <laughs> somebody emailed me the other uh, earlier today, and he had some pretty cool shirts that maybe we'll see about giving away. Yeah. Um, but. Okay. Why are why are you um I don't know. But other than that, just your usual I don't even know if we're gonna have time to do some some cross blogging with the uh with Cat Scratch Reader. Cat Scratch Reader yeah. and, uh, we get out of here. I wanna thank Stephanie B and Daniel for donating uh this past week Thanks, guys. neither awesome. one of them were on twitter so i couldn't thank them there so i want to thank them here thanks for donating uh, thanks y'all thanks that's very nice of y'all we appreciate it um so for kevin who had to go vomit in a bucket and for andrew and for dave uh i'm ralph walbro uh until next week uh be safe better times ahead